I want us to take up our Bibles. I believe the Lord's hand is working even now. Somebody say it's already done. Whatever you came for, whatever your heart was upon your heart, somebody say it's already done. The Lord is already working. Hallelujah. I want you to take up your Bibles and go with me quickly. I want us to go to 2 Samuel chapter 15. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Somebody say it's already done. We feel your hand working, God. And for that, we say thank you. Second Samuel chapter 15, so grateful for my wife and for our assistant pastor and being obedient and sensitive to the spirit of the Lord. I know that even that moment was prophetic. I got a text from my mother-in-law early this morning and she said that the Lord said that it was the time for an altar call, not knowing that God's hand would be moving like he would this morning. Somebody say it's already done. It's already done. Second Samuel chapter 15. I want you to go to verse number 25. Verse number 25. I want to look at verses 25 through 30. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. And the Bible said, the king said to, to Zadok, carry the ark of God back into the city. <laughs> Somebody say, that's the presence of the Lord. And if I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says this, I have no delight in you. Here I am. Let him do to me as seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok, the priest, are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace and your two sons with you. Ahamas, your son and Jonathan, the son of Abathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until the word comes from you to inform me. Therefore, Zadok and Adathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem and they remained there. And this is verse number 30. So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went, went barefoot. And all the people who were with him, somebody say with him, covered their heads and went up weeping as they went up. The Bible in the latter portion of verse 30 saying all the people who were with him covered their heads together and went up weeping as they went up. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject, we weep together. Somebody say, we weep together. I said this on last week, and I need us to have a level of understanding that, that there's this place for weeping. And I said that this place of weeping must be sought. We have to seek out a place to weep. And then I said that not only do we need to seek this place to, uh, to weep, but I said we need to make sure that place of weeping includes solitude. Somebody say solitude. And then not only that, I said that this place of weeping needs to be safe. I said that we have to weep there. But this morning, I want to tell you the reason why we must weep together, because one of the greatest attacks of the enemy in the midst of sorrow is to have you believe that you're alone. It's one of the greatest attacks of the enemy. He wants us to feel like we are alone in the midst of sorrow. In other words, he wants us to weep in isolation. He wants our weeping to be ignored. And he wants the sign of our weeping to cause people to feel indifferent. Somebody say alone. In other words, the enemy wants us to cry void of community. Yet hear this, community is where we receive our comfort in sorrow. Uh, we receive comfort in sorrow. And this is why we must weep together. Because God's solution, watch this, for sorrow is found when the burden of sorrow can be bared by the body. I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. The only way that God's going to give us a level of solution for our sorrow is when we allow the burden of sorrow to be carried by and with the body of Christ. 
And this is why the writer of Galatians in Galatians 6 and 1 begins with the word brethren. That's all of us. Somebody say, that's all of us. And then the writer admonishes us with these words in verse number two. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, Tell somebody, say, Pastor Cole, you're not weeping alone. And somebody may be saying, why must we bear the burdens of another? Because sorrow has the ability to bury you if you don't allow somebody else to bear the burdens of sorrow. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where sorrow might attempt to bury you. We can't allow sorrow to bury us. And this means during times of sorrow, there should always, watch this, be somebody that knows the depth and the details of our sorrow. There's somebody, there should be somebody. And many of us, here's the problem with many believers when we're enduring seasons of sorrow. Many of us are too shamed to share the details of our sorrow. Somebody say the devil is a lie. And many of us, watch this, are seemingly too saved to share the depth of our sorrow. Somebody say, full of pride. And here's a sad tragedy. Their shame and facade of salvation will cause them to negate their solution to sorrow. We can't be too shamed and you'll never watch this. Be too saved um, to, to bear sorrow by yourself. Because although some may not believe this, watch this. God has assigned someone to your sorrow. I, I know y'all may not, y'all may think that's too deep. No, I'm not talking about angels on earth, but somebody has been assigned to my sorrow. S- tell your neighbor, somebody's been assigned to my sorrow. How do I know? If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. Notice what the Bible declares. And a brother is born for adversity. That, that, that means God has ordained somebody to bear the burden of my sorrow. Therefore, we have no excuse to be isolated while weeping, ignored in weeping, or even someone to feel indifferent while weeping because somebody has been assigned to our sorrow. That's good news to me that when I'm going through that I know God has assigned somebody to my sorrow. But here's the critical question. How do we know who's been assigned to our sorrow? Who can we weep together with? That's a critical question. And I believe in our text, David reveals the answers to these questions. And although David had reason to believe that he was um, in a place where he would weep alone, he had those he could weep together with in our text. And I want y'all to consider how David's flesh could have discounted his faith that he would have someone to weep together with. I need us to understand, and I want to give a little context about what's going on in our text. There was a plot against David in our text. Uh, My wife wrote a book um, um, a few years ago going back to Amnon's house. And and Amnon was the son of David. And, And Amnon raped Tamar, somebody say, the daughter of David. And Absalom was so upset that nothing happened to Amnon that there was a plot against, of Absalom against David's life. So now, now there, there, there was a plot against David. And watch this, the people had seemingly deserted David. Somebody say he had a reason to cry. Absalom had this plot in his mind that he told um, people to go across the land and say that I am now the king. Because David had went away in hiding. Somebody say the people deserted him. Uh, So not only was there this plot against David there, the people had seemingly deserted him. The presence of God was no longer in his possession. Somebody say he had a reason to cry. David said, I cannot make myself so visible. So he told the priest to send the Ark of the Covenant back to the city. The very presence of God, David had a reason to cry. This was the very thing that David knew had protected him, that had carried him, that had guided him, the presence of God. So there was a plot against his life. His own son wanted to kill him. Uh, The people had deserted him. Absalom started saying, no, I'm the king. And then the presence of God was no longer in David's possession. He had a reason to cry. And despite how the enemy might have used all of this against David, So that he might believe that he was confined to cry alone. Our text reveals that David had a community to cry with. Oh, that's good news. He was able to weep together. 
in order to endure all that caused him great sorrow. And I believe in like manner, even in the midst of great sorrow, we too can weep together. I think the most, the greatest, saddest tragedy of anybody, this is beyond believers, is when you're in a position of sorrow and you feel like you don't have a shoulder to cry upon. Therefore, this morning, I want us to examine our text so that we can glean wisdom as to who we should weep with and why we must weep together. So let's examine the text. I just want us to look at verse number 30, and I want us to look at the latter portion. The Bible says, and all the people who were with him, somebody say with him. I want us to stop right there. There's great power in the simplicity of presence. There's great power in that, that somebody could simply provide their presence. And especially in the midst of great pain, that there's power in presence. Somebody say, there's power in presence. And what do I mean? Many times when one is encountering sorrow, others become so concerned. Watch this and what they can provide. You know how folk like to say, can I cook you something? They get so concerned about how they should pray. I don't know how to pray when they're weeping. And watch this. They get so caught up in what they should proclaim. And sometimes it's not about what you can provide. It's not what you can pray about. It's not even what you can proclaim. I just need your presence. I'm going to say, I need your presence. Not knowing, watch this, many times the greatest comfort you can give someone in times of sorrow is your presence. Because watch this, your provision, your prayer, even your proclamation can rob somebody of their peace if you're not careful. Many folk in times of sorrow think that I'm so deep that I've got a word on my belly and you can rob me of my peace rather than giving me peace. I need somebody to say your presence. Uh, and watch this. Many times the reason why this kind of stuff robs us of our peace because it's rooted in flesh and not from the Father. What, what do I mean? You want to be seen rather than giving me comfort in my sorrow. Y'all ever had folk? Watch this. In times of great grief, you got the folk that the, the, the folk that come out of nowhere with theology degrees, doctrinal degrees, everybody who says, I've been ordained now. And really, you just want to be seen rather than comfort me in my sorrow. Somebody say, sit down and hush. Oh, the best thing you can do is sit down and hush. And here's a word of wisdom. When you don't know what to do for someone in sorrow, just hush and give them your presence. Don't preach, don't prophesy, and don't pray. Just give them your presence. And watch this. Huh? Somebody may be saying why. Because in times of pain, your presence can be more of a comforting embrace, more so than what you say. Somebody say, so here, here's what I need us to understand. The first thing that I need to under, us to understand about why we weep together, we weep together to embrace. Somebody say, to embrace. Uh, so, so I need the embrace of someone's presence because here's the sad reality. People do use sorrow as a platform for them to preach. This is why people have to take the mic from people at funerals because they use it as a platform to preach. Oh, where are the deacons that will snatch mics in this day? Uh, because during times of weeping, it seems like everybody has a word. Listen, this has been one of the one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And watch this sorrow hasn't even touched my doorsteps. It's because the people around me are going through so much. And then when I got a call from Miss Cindy concerning Miss Alvera, I did not know what to say. So I said, God, I, even if I don't have a word, Miss Alvera, I'm on the way. Because some folk don't need a word. Watch this. They just need your presence. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to be so, I, just because I have a title does not mean I always got something to say. And even because, watch this, I've never endured a pain like Pastor Cole. So all I could do is say, Pastor Cole, I'm here for you. I don't know what to say. I don't have a scripture in this moment, but I'm here for you. Tell your neighbor, some people just need to hush. Oh, they need to hush. 
In times of sorrow, some people just need to sit down and give them your presence. And watch this. I love how our text never makes mention of the prayers of those who accompany David. But it does make mention of their proximity. It never says anything about their prayers, but it does mention their proximity. Notice what our foundational text says. It says all the people who were with him. And those who are too deep may not like this, but when I'm weeping, I may not need a word. I may just need to know, watch this, are you with me? Because watch this, everybody got a word, but not everybody with you. And many of us um, have this um, 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 colluded thought that because they got a word, they're with me. Because watch this, I'm, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this real good. And I know, I don't know if Elder Natasha is watching, but because of her circumstance, everybody had a word. But I promise you, everybody's not with her. So when I'm weeping, I don't need to know, do you have a word, daughter? I need to know, are you with me? So many of us got to get, stop asking. Somebody say, we're asking the wrong questions. Oh, we need to know, are you with me? Because watch this, in times of sorrow, people need the type of, this type of embrace, your presence. And here's a good litmus test as to who you can weep with in times of sorrow. Discern, watch this, are they more determined to preach or provide their presence? Ah, these are those that simply say, I'm here for you. Ah, listen, and, and watch this. I know my word, I don't need a word, I can pull on a word for myself. But in times of sorrow, I just need to know, are you with me? Somebody say, are you with me? Tell some, and I want y'all to say this and say this loud. Miss Alvera, we're with you. Somebody say, Pastor Cole, we're with you. Anybody else dealing with sorrow, we're with you. Oh. And this is why David declared this in Psalm 69, 20. Watch what David says. Reproach has broken my heart. And I'm full of heaviness. I look for someone to take pity. Oh, but David said, but there was none. And for comforters, and I find that's the worst place to be. David simply desired for somebody to be with him. Because his peace, watch this, was dependent upon the embrace of those that um, um, could be in his presence. Oh, uh, sometimes you can give somebody a level of peace just by being in their presence. And watch this, I need us to understand this. Presence has nothing to do with physical distance. Somebody said, I got to fly down to California next week. No, somebody said, the devil is a lie. Presence has nothing to do with physical distance. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? Uh, I, I just need y'all to take note if you're taking notes. First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1. First Samuel chapter 18 verse 1 reminds us that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. In other words, David and Jonathan were in covenant. That means distance does not deny your presence for those in times of sorrow if you're in covenant. We got a lot of folk that we're connected with but we're not in covenant with. Y'all need to stop hanging with folk that are not in covenant with you that will stab you in the back when the time is right. Listen, I don't care if Pastor Cole leave this church tomorrow. I'm in covenant with him. I'm in covenant with him. And folk cause, watch this, circumstances to change covenant. Somebody say the devil is alive. And this is why David said when Jonathan was dead, is there anyone from the household of Saul that I might show kindness to? Not because there was a physical distance did not deny covenant. Somebody say, I got to be in covenant. Y'all stop letting folk come over and cook and make food for you and they not in covenant with you. You got folk that just want to be around to be in a no, but they're not in covenant. Somebody say, you got to be careful. Oh, you got to be careful. Uh, I'm not talking about those that we go to church together with. You know you can go to church together with some folk and not be in covenant. I'm not talking about those that you converse with. But I'm talking about those that you're in covenant with. You can be with someone in sorrow from afar. And I pray even as Pastor Cole was way in Chicago, he knew that he had a church family that was in covenant with him. And that's why we weep together to embrace. Somebody say, I just, I, they just need my presence. 
Oh, so, so I, I said that we weep together because the, your level of presence provides a level of embrace. Now I want us to look at the second portion of the text. The Bible says that they covered their heads. There are many that can cry for you, but there are not many that can cry with you. You know a lot of folk can feel sorry for you, but I don't need nobody crying for me. I need some folk to cry with me. And during times of sorrow, you, you need those kind of folk. And watch, this is why the latter portion of Romans 12, 15 declares, we weep with those who weep. Even more, this is why those that David finds himself with in our text, that after he covers his head, watch what the Bible says, they do likewise. I need y'all to stay, stay with me. Why is this significant? Because in biblical times, head coverings during times of mourning were an expression of grief. So whenever you saw some folk walking around with their head covers, it, it, it means that there was a level of grief on their life. But here's the good news. The people did not experience what David experienced. So you may be saying, well, why are their heads covered? Because they had no reason to cry David did. Because here's why. We weep together with empathy. Somebody say empathy. Oh, I'm going to teach y'all what that means. Uh, empathy. Uh, in other words, they chose to share in his suffering. I need some folk that's going to share in my suffering with me. Uh, have empathy. Because in times of sorrow, I don't need nobody to feel sorry for me. I need someone to share my sorrow. Watch this with me. Oh, that's good news to me. So before you allow somebody to weep with you, ask them, will you share my sorrow with me? That's a critical question. And this is why Paul admonished Timothy with these words in 2 Timothy chapter 1a. I believe it's on our screen. Notice what the Bible says. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of his pr prisoner, but share with me in the suffering. Somebody say, share with me. Share. For the gospel according to the power of God. Paul needed Timothy to share with him in his sufferings. And this is why we must weep together with empathy. Somebody may be saying, why? Shout, why? why? Somebody shout, why? why? Because those that weep with you endure, but those that weep for you will always try to find an exit. This y'all hear what I... Because watch, they're going to be around when the funeral is here. They're going to be around when, before the funeral is here. But after the funeral, can you be with me? Folk will try to find an exit because when you called them and you really need them, you was weeping with folk that did not weep with you with empathy. So now, girl, I'm busy. No, I can't come over today. No, I got something going on because that was somebody that did not weep with me with empathy. Somebody say, share with me. Oh, I need those kind of folk around. I told Pastor Cole, no, I, I didn't even want to see him in church. I said, take some time to make sure you get a level of mourning that you can process what you're going through. Now, somebody say that was his choice. To be here this Sunday, that was his choice. But Pastor Keith, because I'm sharing in his sufferings with him, I'm concerned about the weight of sufferings on his life. And many folk watch this, they're going to say, that she should have got over that by now. I need you to do my help. All right, I need you to give me a ride somewhere. Girl, I'm still going through. I know you're going through, but I need you. Those are folk that do not weep with empathy. They get caught up in themselves. Somebody say, immediately. Ooh, because hear this. Here's what empathy is. When we invite the pain, the sorrow, and the weeping of another in our lives. Miss, Miss Nicole asked me something this morning. She said, am I okay? And it was not because nothing was going on in my life personally, but it was because I had invited the pain, the sorrow and the weeping of another in my life. I, I, when I said, God, why Miss Alvera again? I said, God, even when I got the news with Miss Nicole and her family, why God again? I, every time I think about Elder Natasha, I said, God, why again? And it becomes so heavy on me that it reflects in my face. And the only reason it was wise was because I'm trying to share the sorrow and the sufferings of another. And everything okay with me, but it really ain't okay with me. Oh, Lord. And, and watch this. Why is this significant? Because watch this. It's our attempt to have a greater understanding of what they're going through. 
Many times, and this is, if we can weep together with empathy, you will stop making the wrong decisions and draw and taking peace from people. Because when you can start getting a level of understanding of what they're going through, the spirit will guide you as to what to do. And a lot of folk don't, don't do that. So they think what got me through going to get you through. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Oh, it, it ain't the same. I, it's a different. Somebody say it's a different story. And watch this, because when you invite the sorrow of another in your life, you are more likely hear this to intercede. Because when you really know what someone's pain is, it should lead you to pray. This is how you know a folk really wish you uh, word of wisdom. Stop inviting people into your space of sorrow if they're not going to intercede for you. There is no need for wasted space in sorrow because some folk, watch this, just want to invite with no intentions to intercede because watch this, we've got to be wary of folk that want information about our sorrow more than they want to intercede for us in sorrow. You know you got folk that's just going to call you and ask you how you doing today? Yeah, how are you doing, girl? I, I just want to know how you're doing. When you going to pray for me? Folk, many folk just want information, but they do not want to intercede. Because intercede, watch this, takes a level of sacrifice on their behalf. Oh, my gosh. People don't want to sacrifice like that. And we say we in the body of Christ. Uh, and hear this. Watch this. I need y'all to understand this. Devils want information while disciples want to intercede. Listen, the, and I know we like to say this in the black church, but I'm being honest today. Say, Pastor Keith, being honest. The reasons why devils want information is because they want to use it to cause you to be in a place of isolation. So I've got to be careful. And watch this. I've made a good habit of this. When folk ask me to pray for them, I'm going to pray. Somebody say right now. All right. And many times because when we waver in that, we take that information and never move to intercession. Whenever I get infor information, if I'm a disciple, when Ms. Smith tells me something, I'm moving to intercession. And we got a lot of folk that's just taking information, 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 and watching somebody say they're devils. Okay, we don't like that. I'm telling you, it's going to help us. All right, we weep together with disciples, not devils, because it's disciples that weep together with empathy. So as we seek those who we would weep together with in times of sorrow, we must ensure that we weep with folk that weep with empathy. That, that are trying to get a level of understanding of what I'm going through. That, that will help me bear and share in these sufferings that I'm going through. I need folk. I don't know about y'all, but I need folk like that around me. I, I'm tired of going to churches where folk just want to gossip about me but not handle me while I'm in grief. I need those kind of, I need to say, let's, we're going to be that church. We're going to be that church. So hear this and I'm going to be out your way. Let's look at the last portion of our text. I, the Bible says, and went up weeping as they went up. Hear this, no amount of grief should cause us to give in and give up. Now, I, I, I know I, I'm going to say this because my mama here and I'm pretty sure she's okay I, I, I don't think I could handle losing my daughter my, my mom lost her daughter but she did not give up and give in no amount of grief I know many of us have gone through stuff and we just can't even get a level of explanation around it but no amount of grief somebody say no amount no, no, no amount should cause us to give up and give in in other words, notice what our foundational text says as David and the people wept. The Bible says they went up weeping as they went up. In other words, we weep together to encourage. If you're going to weep with me, you better encourage me. Uh, somebody say, if you're going to weep with me, you better encourage me. The Bible says they continue to go up. In other words, there are those that you need while you weep that should be pushing you rather than pulling on you. They, I need some folk that's going to encourage me as I endure. Y'all got a lot of folk around you that's pulling on you and not pushing you. So here's a good litmus test. 
if you have the right people around you during your season of sorrow. You've got to ask yourself, does their presence produce another level of strength? Does their presence produce another level of strength? Miss Alvaro, when folks start coming around, if you feel like you're more tired and weary after the fact, tell them folk they no longer have an invitation in your house. I need some folk around me that watch this. That, that, I know this may seem crazy, but I can be going through and Pastor Cole and Shane come over and we play phase 10 and I've got another level of strength. They ain't have to say nothing. I just got another level of strength. I need some folk that's going to encourage me in sorrow. Somebody say encourage me. Because watch this. Their presence in our lives, even in sorrow, we should be able to say, as the old saints say, I, I can run on and see what the end going to be. I, I, just, I just want that level of strength that after they leave, I can run on now. That after they prayed, I can run on now. Tell your neighbor I want to run on. Watch this. Consider the presence of Paul in Acts chapter 18, verse 23. I believe it's on our screens. Acts chapter 18, verse 23. Notice what the Bible says. After he had spent some time there. And, and then the last portion says, strengthening all the disciples. So the question that we have to ask is what happens after you spend some time with them? Ooh, do they have strength? Watch this. Or more sorrow? Do they feel encouraged? Because if somebody is going to endure sorrow with you, you should feel encouraged afterwards. I want some folk around me that ain't got to say nothing, but I feel encouraged afterwards. I want some folk that can bake me some pies, and even if they can't bake, I feel encouraged afterward. We can laugh that the crust is too crusty. I need them kind of folk around me, right? Because I need this level of encouragement to endure what I'm going through. I'm praying for Elder Natasha that she got them kind of folk around her. Because watch this. Don't be surprised when everybody comes around when you're trying to endure. The Bible says let them grow together both the wheat and the tares. And at some point you're gonna recognize that these folks don't encourage me while I'm in sorrow. And we watch this, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm telling y'all and I pray that you have a level of strength. You gotta have a level of strength and your, watch this, your healing has to mean that much to you that you close the door on some folk that did not encourage you. Oh, y'all, somebody say your healing has to matter. Watch this. I know that's your mama, but your healing has to matter. I know that's your best friend, but my healing has to matter. I watch it. I know they was your bridesmaid, but my healing has to matter. We get caught up, so caught up in folk. Watch this. Y'all ain't gonna like this one. I know that's your pastor, but my healing has to matter. Because watch this. Your pastor is not subject to having moments of operating in his flesh. So, pastor, why are you still in your flesh? You can't come over. Okay, y'all don't like that. Okay. It's okay. Don't tell Pastor Keith he can't come over. If I'm having a bad week, don't let me over. Don't let me over. I need to feel encouraged. Because watch this, despite how gifted you are, despite how long you've walked with God, and even despite how well you've guarded your heart, there are times in the season of sorrow that you need to be encouraged. I'm not, I'm not so gifted. I haven't been walking with God that long. I don't even guard my heart that well that there are not seasons in my life where I need to be encouraged. And I said this last week. Somebody say, Pastor Keith added his own self to the prayer list. I added my own behind to the prayer list because I know I'm in a season where I need to be encouraged. My, my, I appreciate my wife that she's encouraging me. I know I'm the pastor. I know I don't founded the church. I know all of this. But there are seasons in my life where I need to be, somebody say, encouraged. And this is what messes folk up because watch this. I love Pastor Cole. He's so gifted. Ah, he does so much. He pours into people so much. But he's not a fool to say, I'm in a season where I need to be encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Tell your neighbor, I need to be encouraged. Yeah. You got folk with titles and, and sitting up here with, with seats that look like kingly seats. <laughs> dying in the inside. Because they did not tell somebody they need to be encouraged. 
And then we look like the congregation, oh my God, I can't believe Pastor fell. I can't believe he got caught up in sin. I can't believe all of this because he was too prideful to not ask to be encouraged. We got a lot of folk like that. Got too many pastors. Too prideful. Uh, despite, watch this. Watch what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 declares. I believe it's on our screen. The Bible says, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. Because despite how you may feel, you ain't that saved and you are not that sanctified that you do not need to be strengthened. I'm going to say this. This funny, y'all, to me. I said, Pastor Cole, I need you to preach on the, on the 30th. This is before I knew all what was going on because I knew that I said, hey, I need to sit down for a little bit because, but I did not know all this would transpire. So I, ain't, I was going to call Pastor Cole on yesterday, say, you ready to preach? Because I'm not too saved. I'm not too sanctified that I know I need to be strengthened. And especially during seasons of sorrow. Don't, don't, don't. I know Miss Cindy you know how to call down fire from heaven. I know, Serena, that God has given you a spirit of worship. But we should never get in a place where we feel like we can't be strengthened by somebody else. And I said this to the church on last week, your very presence, somebody say your presence, encouraged me in the journey. It strengthened me in the journey. Because I'm not a fool, y'all. There's times where I need to be pushed. Somebody say pushed. And I hear this, and I've said this before throughout this sermon series. Just keep on living, and at some point, you will need to be strengthened. Oh, just keep on living. Say, just tell your neighbor, just keep on living. Right, and I want to I drop this off. Never negate the feeling you have to call, text, or reach out to someone during their time of sorrow. Here's what a lot of folk like to do. When people going through, we, we get this urge in our belly to call, to reach out, to text them, but we don't do it because we feel like we'll be a bother to them. Right. Tell your neighbor, the, the devil is a lie. I'm going to tell you why. Notice this. Many believers feel compelled to reach out. Then watch this. They forsake their call to encourage. Tell your neighbor, you've been called to encourage. How do I know? I believe it's on our screen. Watch this. Consider 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2. The Bible says, this is Paul, speaking of Paul, sent Timothy, our brother, minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you. Somebody say, encourage you. Concerning your faith. So in other words, Timothy was sent to encourage the believers in Thessalonica. And there are some believers that God has sent, somebody say sent, to encourage others during their times of sorrow. And hear this, I can't be too deep to realize I may have not been sent. Maybe I'm not the one that's been being sent. Watch this, God can use anybody. God can use the baby that's on his phone right now. And caused him to be sent. I, I remember there was a story. My wife, we were, we were somewhere. And um, I think it was Soraya. She went up to some gentleman and just hugged him. And Soraya was like, oh my goodness, what, what my baby doing? And she, he said he felt so encouraged because he had just lost his wife. So God had sent her to encourage him. Oh, tell your neighbor, don't, don't tell the babies to sit down. They, they may have been sent. Ooh, that's good news. Watch this. Hear this. That means you may be the very reason that somebody doesn't fall into depression. You may be the very reason that somebody does not give up. You may be the very reason that somebody does not give in. Because God has sent me. Somebody say, God has sent me. Oh, y'all, you ain't being a bother. God has sent you. Don't forsake your call to encourage. And this is why we weep together to encourage. I'm done, y'all. If we can be honest, the weight of sorrow can cause us to grow weary. And this is why it's so critical for the body to help us bear the burden of sorrow. Oh, y'all, we done got it. 
the black church has done it so bad. I want to say, somebody say the contemporary church. You know, the old church of old used to send mothers to cook, send mothers to come look after you, send, send, send folk to your house to make sure you're all right. This contemporary church just send you a card and let you be on your way. We must weep together. We can't afford for our shame or even our false sense of strength to cause us to forsake the comfort that we find in the community of other believers. David recognized this. And this is why those that were weak with him wept together. Watch this. They wept to embrace. They wept together with empathy. And they wept together to encourage. But even beyond the embrace, even beyond the empathy, even beyond the encouragement, notice what David received in verse 31. This is why we weep together. The Bible says, now David had been told that Arithopal is among the co-conspirators with Absalom. So David prayed and the Lord turned Ahabathal's counsel into foolishness. Even in the midst of crying, David found confidence to call on God. I want to be with some folk in my midst of sorrow because you know you can get in a place of sorrow where you can't call on God for yourself. You can get in a place of grief where you can't pray for yourself, where you can't get in the word for yourself, where you can't speak life over yourself. And I, this is why I need the body. So that I can get a level of confidence. That I can speak those things that be not as though they were. So that I can speak over my life that the promises of God are yes and amen. That I can speak those things that say that I, I, I almost fainted if I did not believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Watch this. The reason I need folk around me is to give me a level of strength to endure. We weep together so that we might endure. This is why the um, book of Ecclesiastes says that two is better than one. Because when I need some folk to pull me up, when I need somebody to dust me off, when I need just to tend to me until I have a level of confidence to call on God myself, I need some folk around me. And watch this. If you got folk around you in your times of sorrow and you still don't feel a level of confidence to call on God yourself, tell your neighbor you got the wrong people around and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and I want y'all to hear me. There are some people that want to keep you in that place. Why? Because it makes you dependent upon them and not on God. I know somebody right now with a doctorate degree, PhD, former professor, pastor, still got folk in counseling over... 10, 10 plus years. You're like, how much counseling do you need until you can call on God yourself? Because I believe that they want them dependent upon them, causing them to be a little God in their life. And I never get to my place of healing. If I'm around folk and I don't get at some point that I get a push that say, girl, you can call on God yourself. I know I'm your friend, but listen, it's time for you to call on God with confidence yourself. I've been laboring with you. I've been sharing this suffering with you, but now it's time for you to call on God yourself. I need those kind of folk around me. Tell your neighbor, I need those kind of folk around me. Listen, I know that there was a level of the move of God in this place earlier, but I want Pastor Cole to come up here. I want Miss Alvera to come up here. I want anybody dealing with sorrow to begin to come up here. We're going to intercede for them. We're going to, anybody that's dealing with some stuff and you're just saying, I know God did some stuff earlier in the service, but I'm talking about sorrow. If that's you, I need you to come now. I need you to come now. Hallelujah. How I want us to stand to our feet. Let us stretch our arms towards Pastor Cole. And Miss Ivera, Serena, come here. I know we anointed you earlier, but this is a special anointing. Somebody say a special anointing. Oh, Serena, I want you to touch their heads with oil. 
Come on, anybody who's going through a level of sorrow, you can begin to play, Sam. Come on, stretch our arms of faith towards them. Father, we bless you. God, we are not so clueless that we don't feel like we'll ever have a sense of feeling like we're in isolation. God, I know Miss Nicole knows that we love her. I know Miss Alvera knows her church family loves her. I know Pastor Cole and even Minister Chantel knows her church, their church family loves them. But that does not mean that there are not some lonely nights. But God, even in the midnight hour where they feel alone, God calls them to know, God, that they've got a body. Oh, they've, they've got a body sharing and bearing the burdens of their sorrow. Oh, God, as you declared in Galatians 6 and 2, let us carry the burdens of one another. I pray even now, God, that burdens are beginning to lift from them now. Lift, God, we pray. Lift, God, we pray. When Miss Alvera has to go to another appointment, God, it's lifted. When Pastor Cole has to think about what to do with his nieces, God, it's lifted. God, as Miss Rhonda deals with what the enemy is throwing her way, God, it begins to lift. God, lift it now, God, we pray. God, we're not just going to ask them for information, but God, we're going to make intercession. God, we're interceding on behalf of them now. God, whatever they need, God, begin to do it. God, whatever level of strength, God, begin to give it to them. God, whatever level of healing, God, begin to do it. God, we're interceding on their behalf. God, we know you can do it, God. God, and matter of fact, God, when their faith is low, God, we attach our faith to theirs. God, matter of fact, we've got the collective faith of the body and God here's the good news you said if we have faith as a mustard seed oh, we can cause mountains to say be thou removed God every mountain of sorrow in their life God be thou removed God every mountain of grief in their life God be thou removed God every mountain God of pain in their life God be thou removed God we've got faith God more than a mustard seed in this place God we're disciples God interceding on behalf of your people God, and even when we don't know what to say, God, let us give them our presence. God, we won't make no stuff up, but God, we'll just give them our presence. We'll simply say, God, we're here for you. And God, we thank you, God, that we'll, we'll weep with them, God, with empathy. God, we'll try to find out and get a level of understanding of their pain. And God, cause your spirit to tell us exactly what to do. Yeah. God, we need, we need them to survive. God, yes, we do. And God, we pray, God, that we can encourage them. God, Miss Nicole won't give up and won't give in. Miss Alvera won't give up and won't give in. Pastor Cole won't give up and won't give in. Minister Chantel won't give up and won't give in. God, Miss Rhonda won't give up and won't give in. God, because they'll be strengthened. And God, in a soon coming day, I believe they'll say they would have fainted. If they did not believe that, they would see the, the goodness of God in the land of the living. God, give them the confidence to call on God themselves. But God, until then, God will call on God for them. I want everybody to declare this in this house. We'll call on God for them. Come on, say it one more time. We'll call on God for them. Until they have confidence to do it, God will call on God for them. We love you and adore you, God. We need you to survive. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that's going to share in the sufferings of our other brothers and sisters in Christ, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. 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 You may be returned to your seats. Y'all singing. Come on. I love you. I need you. I won't harm you with words in my mouth. I need you to survive.
Yes. We thank you, Lord. Everybody, God, that's dealing with sorrow will survive because God will weep together. Love you and adore you. Hallelujah. There's somebody that's watching that says, I don't have this level of embrace from the body because I'm not connected with the Father. The Father is the head of the body. And you may be saying, I need to be in relationship with the Father, if that's you. You said, I want to be in relationship with God. The Bible says, if you can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. What are you confessing? That you're a sinner in need of a Savior. And that, that Savior is Jesus Christ. And not only is that Savior Jesus Christ, but I'm going to allow Jesus to lord over my life. If you can confess that with your mouth this morning, if you can believe that in your heart, the Bible says you can be saved. If you've done that this morning, I want to pray for you. Just say in the comment box, I've given my life to Christ. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for the one that has given their life to Christ. Thank you, God, that they're now connected with a body that can help share in their sufferings. God, they're not in this thing alone because they're now a part of the body of Christ. I pray, God, that you keep them connected. Cause them to be not just connected, but in, in covenant with the body and in covenant with you. God, let the rest of their days be the best of their days because they've given their life to Christ. And God, I pray, God, that they, you remind them that their salvation is secure. For your word declares, anyone you put in the hands of the Son, no man can snatch away. So we thank you, we honor you, and we bless your name. Remember again, if you made that decision, write a comment in the comment box or send us a message on Facebook, or I want you to email us at waychurch, I'm sorry, church office at waytampabay.org. Church office at waytampabay.org. There may be somebody who says, I need to join this church. I never felt love like this. Never felt a level of connection. I need that in my life. If that's you, I want you to put that in the comment box. Message us email us. We'd love to be your local body of faith. There may be somebody who's here this morning who's not a part of this local body. I believe we all are. I believe we're all family in the house today. Amen. Praise the Lord. But if that's you, I want you to send us a message. Send us an email. Hey, I love y'all. I adore you. I'm, 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 my frame of thinking is gone at this point. I'm going to ask my wife to come up here and take us further in the service. Let's give God another hand clap of praise.